Let's create the content that people are searching for. And YouTube tells you what people are searching for. That's the coolest part about it. This as simple as starting to type into the, the search bar, best video editing software or video editing, then you can start to see all the other suggestions in there on both Google and YouTube that people are searching for. This is the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, helping you engage your ideal audience to action through online video. I'll be bringing you the absolute best in the world of video marketing, content creation, storytelling, and marketing strategy, as together we grow to dominate online video and build profitable businesses. I'm your host, Ben Amos. Now let's get on with the show. G'day and welcome back to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, where we dive deep into the world of effective video marketing to attract your tribe and grow your business. In today's show, we'll be exploring all about how to approach your YouTube channel strategically to grow your audience and maximize your impact. I'm chatting with Justin Brown, fellow Aussie and one half of Primal Video, who alongside his brother Mike, has exploded their YouTube channel to now over 150,000 subscribers and what is directly now forming the backbone of their content strategy and their business model. Now, Justin's worked in film for over 20 years, producing everything from feature documentaries to music videos and extreme sports projects, traveling the world with big wave surfer Mark Visser, and he filmed his documentary TV series, Nine Lives. Pretty cool stuff. Now, over the last few years, he's also worked with top-level entrepreneurs, helping them create marketing videos for their businesses. And it's from here that Primal Video was born. Their mission now is to help business owners understand how to produce their own video content effectively with the tools they have at their disposal. You really have to just find Justin's videos on YouTube and you'll quickly get a sense for how valuable and sought after his content is. I've learned a lot from watching his videos myself. So in this chat, I wanted to explore with Justin the strategies and tactics behind growing a YouTube channel and more importantly, what this has actually done for his business. So strap yourself in, grab a notepad because you're going to want to take notes for this one. We get quite tactical with some great advice that you can action right now on your own YouTube channel. So here it is, my interview with Justin Brown from Primal Video. Justin Brown, welcome to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. Thanks for joining me from all the way a couple of kilometers down the road from me here on the Sunshine Coast. So it's great to have you on the show, mate. Thanks very much for having me on. Yeah, we are pretty much neighbors here. So yeah, this is good. It's great. It's actually very rare in this podcast that I'm interviewing people who are in Australia, let alone just down the road from me. So um, not only are you just down the road from us, but you're also, if anyone has come across Primal Video or your YouTube channel, you are doing some amazing stuff on YouTube and your channel has had explosive growth over the last number of years. And we were just talking before we hit record over the last even handful of months, explosive growth again, which I'm really looking forward to diving into in this in this chat with you. But before we get into that, for those people that haven't heard about Justin Brown or Primal Video before, tell us your story. What led you into YouTube and, and the growth that you've had on the channel so far? Yeah, cool. So um, yeah, thanks again for having me on. My background is in video production. I started out doing... Uh, videos for Surf Life Saving um, just as a bit of fun and then ended up doing a few for Surf Life Saving Australia and I was kind of like, oh, this, you know, I was probably really young at that age. Uh, I was like, this could be, uh, this, you know, could be a business. This could be something I could definitely see myself doing. So I went to uni and did IT of all things 
um, and ended up with a piece of paper there that expires pretty much the day that you get it. But I was still making videos all the way through. So um, I ended up doing mining training videos, like working in underground coal mines and those sorts of things. Um, I then, yeah, just had a, a heap of really amazing opportunities to work with some really inspirational and change makers out there like UN, um, we did a lot of stuff with Red Bull, ESPN, Nat Geo, Discovery Channel, a lot of documentary work, a lot of action sports work. Um, yeah, so all of that kind of on the production side of things was a great experience. Um, but we kind of got to the point where it was like, why I mean, our clients, in order to really give them the best results, they needed to be creating the videos themselves, not be limited on budgets and things in my time to create the videos for them in order to, you know, we're in this space now where video is such a powerful medium and the more real the video is, the more traction you're going to have from the actual video. So it was kind of a hard game to play. Whereas it's like, yes, I'm happy to, to help you and, and to build your videos for you for, for money. But at the same time, in order for you to really see impact and really grow your business, then you kind of need to be doing them yourself. So it was this big shift between, doing it for people and helping them to do it themselves. And obviously once you take that mindset shift, you're able to help a heap of people create videos. And that's our thing is to help people amplify their business and brand with video. So now on our YouTube channel um, is really the face of it all. We release at least one video every week and we have done consistently for I think the last three years now. So um, a heap of video content on there all around helping people do exactly that. So it's, uh, it's, it's been a big, fun journey and learning experience, but, um, yeah, it's good. It's good fun. So where did it start for you on YouTube specifically? Do you remember what the first video or videos that you were uploading to that, that channel that you've now grown? Um, you know, what, what were the first handful of, of pieces of content you were releasing? Yeah. So I guess with that, we being a video person, I actually work with my brother, Mike. So there's two of us at primal video. He's more of the business side. He's a, he's a chartered accountant. He's, worked in a lot of startup businesses, but YouTube was something totally different for us. We thought if we're going to help people with video, then uh, it would probably help to have a YouTube channel and maybe some credibility in that space. So that was our approach going into it. So the first videos that we were dropping were video tips and video editing tips. And we quickly realized that growing a YouTube channel isn't necessarily a fast thing. Like the first 50 subscribers were like, why, what are we doing? All this time and effort and scripting and whatever. Uh, first hundred subscribers really like, what are we doing here? And I know that a lot of people are in that boat. They'll spend a heap of time on creating these videos and no one is watching them. So we really needed something to change in that uh, because that model wasn't sustainable and we were both getting pretty burnt out with the amount of work. But where we started was just releasing tips around like creating videos uh, and editing faster and those sorts of things that we thought people wanted to see. But in actual fact, people weren't finding those videos because they're not looking for the tip. They're looking for the outcome of that tip. And that's probably the biggest shift. Like you think of YouTube, it's a search engine. People want to search for things. How to edit faster is a really popular search term or, or what video editing software to use. So when you start looking at that and go, cool, how do we line up what people are searching with with the content that we're creating, you've got to pick them up where they're at. So we started creating content that people was, were searching for and then that's when we started to grow. So it sounds so simple in hindsight, but a lot of people want to record a video, the three keyboard shortcuts you need to know to edit faster. That's fine and while the keyboard shortcuts may be the way to edit faster, people aren't searching for keyboard shortcuts. They're searching for how to edit faster. So it's, it's a bit of a reframe on your content. Look at the big picture and say, how can 
I help people. I help, how can I help people find my content first off? And what content is people searching for? And create videos around that is going to be the, the easiest way to start out growing a YouTube channel. Yeah. And when you had that realization in the early days, was it, like, where, did, where did it come from? Was it some, something that kind of connected within yourself and your brother and just went, we need to be looking at it differently? Or were you hearing that from your audience? Like where were you getting that, I guess, um, that drive to, to start creating content for, for the audience rather than the content you thought they wanted? Yeah, so there's probably two parts in that. Definitely the, the audience has played a big role. And, and once you start uploading videos and uploading consistent, consistently, then obviously people will start to find your videos. The more videos you have out there, the more chances you, you know, it is that you're going to get found. Um, and if people like your videos, they're going to keep coming back to your videos and leaving comments. And the comments are really where you get uh, your encouragement for or new video ideas. So they'll say, cool, can you do a video on this? Or what are your thoughts on this? Like That's a perfect topic for a video. But at the same time, um, we, to answer your question, we had to look at YouTube as a whole and say, what does YouTube want? And how does YouTube actually work? Because most people just use it as a holding ground or a hosting platform for their videos. They'll record a video, put it up there, and just hope people find it. But it really is, is, is deeper than that. You need to look at your keywords. You need to look at your titles and descriptions. And, and probably even more so, the branding on your actual videos. Think of it like you walk into, I was going to say a video store, they don't exist anymore. Think of like a bookstore, right? You walk in there and you see all the covers. And yes, you're judging a book by its cover at that point. There's got to be something that's uh, encouraging or enticing you to pick it up, like something that stands out, um, big text on it so you know immediately what the book might be about. Think of your YouTube videos like that too. It's all well and good to get your video up while they're on the platform, but if the thumbnail image doesn't look good, then people aren't going to click it which means you're not going to get a view, which means that you're not going to get more views beyond that because YouTube's going to look at that and say, we tested this and no one clicked it. So we'll put it back down the queue for a little bit. So there's a lot of play with it, but it really came down to looking at what does YouTube want as a platform and how can we help that and how does it work? And it's a search engine. First and foremost, let's create the content that people are searching for. And YouTube tells you what people are searching for. That's the coolest part about it. It's as simple as starting to type into the, the search bar, best video editing software or video editing. Then you can start to see all the other suggestions in there on both Google and YouTube that people are searching for. It's a great place to find topics and a great place to start. So we took that approach and started doing all this research long before we actually record the videos. And that was really what, what started that ball rolling. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I think when people, you, you do hear in digital digital marketing, digital platforms, a lot of people d kind of do this algorithm bashing, you know, like on whether it be on YouTube or whether it be on Facebook or Instagram, whatever. There's a lot of, you know, ah, the algorithms like preventing me from reaching the audience that I deserve and all this kind of talk like this. But the reality is that the algorithms exist and YouTube is probably, because it's owned by Google, is one of the, you know, most sophisticated algorithms I think you'll find out there on any of these platforms. And it's designed to return the best result for their, their viewers, their users, not 100%. for their creators. Yeah. And I think that's an important thing that you're touching on there is that, you know, when you start to understand and to, you know, recognize the, the signals in the algorithm that you can control in order to return the best quality learning or viewing experience for someone searching for a solution, then that's where you start to win, right? 
Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Like that's and that's the biggest mindset shift with it. It's not just a place to store your videos and hope people see them. Create, you know, make your videos easy for people to find. And yes, it's YouTube's goal to send the best video that matches all of those things to the viewer. Like if there's if if you search for something and the first video you click isn't what you want, then you've had a bad experience on the platform. It's likely you'll leave. You might go check somewhere else might go to Facebook or start asking people instead of relying on that search engine. So that's where the, the keywords, the tags, and actually the content of your video as well really needs to hit on whatever it is that you're saying. And that's where things like clickbait videos just aren't any good for anyone because you're not giving that experience. Like while your video might get ranked because you've used the title, the YouTube's like, Oh, the title matches what people are searching for. The video itself doesn't. So you've got to line it up like all, all three, you know, it's, um, it's, it's, it's not hard, but it takes a little bit of planning up front. And you talked about YouTube as being the long game there. You talked about, you know, consistently over time, struggling to get to your first 50 subscribers, a hundred subscribers, and then things start to maybe, um, you know, get a bit of momentum behind them. But for you is, or do you feel that it is about consistency over a long period of time, or is it about finding that, breakaway single video hit that just catapults your your channel into massive growth or is it a combination of both i would say it's definitely the first one it's definitely about consistency you might be one of the lucky few that gets a viral video but even then you may not then understand how to back that up and to continue that growth beyond that point not many people hit on that viral video there's a lot of companies out there that say, we'll create you a viral video. And I look at that and go, how is that even possible? There's so many planets that need to align to create an actual viral video to make it good enough to share. Um, and it really is an anomaly. I actually said that word right. I normally sound on that one. But it's, uh, it's, it's normally, it's so like far beyond something that you could guarantee. You could hope for it. Um, and it might happen to some of your videos, but it's not a game, especially in business that you want to be playing. You don't want to be relying on something that may not happen and is likely not going to happen. This it's almost, I would say it's closer to winning, winning the lottery than hitting a viral video. Sorry for all those people out there that create viral videos, but you, at least play the game. If you're, if you're in business and you want to take this seriously, you want to grow an audience, you want to build your business, business and brand on YouTube and using video release consistent content and it doesn't need to be that you're uploading every day or you know three times a week or whatever like i hear a heap of people say you've got to be doing it three times a week we have been doing consistently one video per week and i would say if you can commit to one video a week at least for six to 12 months don't go any less than that you've got to give it time for your videos to sink into the algorithm and to really start to get picked up and featured but i would say go one video per week that is optimized for people to find it on YouTube and you will see success in six to 12 months. It might be that, you know, you probably won't hit a hundred thousand or 200,000 in that time, but you will start to get that ball rolling and you will like, we were talking to someone the other day, they've got 2000 subscribers on their YouTube channel. And from that, they're generating over a hundred thousand dollars or they've generated over a hundred thousand dollars for their business just from having 2000. So you can imagine as that grows, then those leads scale as well. So it's, it's a pretty awesome platform for organic growth, but you can obviously excel, accelerate all of that with paid traffic and those sorts of things as well. But you have to commit to, uh, I would say, ideally one video per week. And it could be that you batch them all and record them all, you know, record eight videos in one day or over a period of a week. Then you've got two months worth of content there. So it's not something that you need to be like, oh my God, now I need to do video and now I need to, to plan all this out and it's going to take a huge thing. It could be that you're just 
releasing one video per week or one every two weeks, but whatever it is, you need to be consistent. Yeah. I mean, I talk about this all the time. It's the importance of having a strategy behind your content and the strategy drives that content production. So, you know, planning is very important, but it's interesting. You're talking about, um, you know, business outcomes from a YouTube strategy here, because I think for many in business, um, who have been dabbling in YouTube, particularly earlier this year when YouTube changed its partner program uh, qualification structure. Basically, people are like, oh, I need to get to the thousand subscribers or the 4,000 hours of watch time in the year. And, you know, people were worried that they weren't able to monetize, you know, to serve ads on their videos. And that was going to somehow impact them. And what would you say to those those people who are, using YouTube as a business strategy. So they're not, they're not trying to be the next YouTube famous star or, you know, YouTube creator, but they are using YouTube for the purpose of growing their business. What would you say to them about monetization of videos? Well, I think at that point, um, I know what, if you were creating videos at that point and you were potentially making some money from YouTube and then you lost that monetization ability, there were a lot of people that were upset about it. Now, I would have to say that it wasn't, it couldn't have been a lot of money that you were actually making below that threshold. It would be something so minor. It might be a couple of dollars a month um, or at a maximum, maybe a hundred dollars, but that's a real stretch. Like for, for, for that amount of content on there, I would say that like with anything, you've got to look at other options of monetization outside of the platform. So while YouTube is the face of our business, it is not our business. If, yeah, if our YouTube channel went down, we're still okay. Like we're, I mean, you look at strategies outside for monetization and as you touched on there for business, like this shouldn't be the core focus. You've got other, other revenue streams, use YouTube to build an audience to leverage those, whether it's one-on-one consulting, whether it's getting people in your brick and mortar business or whether it's selling digital products and those sorts of things. Um, or you could sell other people's products. So for us, affiliate revenue is a big chunk of our business where we're reviewing products or recommending products and services, the things that we use, the things that we think other people should use. And when we recommend them and people click on our links, then we get a commission of that sale back through. So while yes, YouTube does pay you a percentage of ad revenue, it's definitely not something that you want to build your whole business around. Um, but there's other ways that you can monetize much, much faster and in a much more leverageable way um, on YouTube and even things like growing an email database. That is our number one focus uh, besides obviously helping people with the content on a broad scale, the ones that we want to work with further and want to take things to the next level and are serious about um, using all of the things that we're teaching them and going to the next level, then they move over to our email list. And that really is the core of our business. That's where we can contact our people off YouTube. We can have a much better relationship with them and help them further in their journey with video. So, it's thinking like whether it's YouTube or Facebook, think bigger than that. And how can I actually connect outside of these platforms without being reliant on them and monetize outside? Um, then, then you, you can really start to build a business around it from that point. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I'd love to, to pick your brain a bit and to, if you could share some ideas about how in your videos you found success in moving people from YouTube, watching a YouTube video into these other these other avenues and let's focus on, on your email list, for example, because I think for many in business, they recognize the importance of building an email list that they can engage with. So what are some tactics of getting people from YouTube into your email? 
Cool. So there's two different games that we're playing with that. The first one is you want to give YouTube what it wants and that's people having time on the platform, right? They don't want you on every video to link off to, to, to take them away from their experience on YouTube. So it is kind of like a fine line. You want to um, deliver what YouTube wants. You want to help your customers or, or your viewers and you also want them to subscribe at the end of the day and move over to your email list in this example. Um, so for us, what we would have is, or what we do have is three key opt-in forms or three key incentives for people to give us their email address. And they are PDF downloads that are guides for filming or guides for editing. And we'll only mention those in videos where there is a direct alignment like the topic. So if we're talking best video editing software for Windows and we know that people are coming into those videos looking at editing or something to do with editing, then we would have at the end, a call to action of that video saying, if you're interested in uh, speeding up your editing process, then check out our free process that you can download. And that's where they move from there over to our uh, email list. But this isn't on every video. This is probably on about 30% of our videos because our goal is to grow the audience on YouTube. And then ideally the way that YouTube works is it's recommending our videos. So at some point, the most uh, the keen ones, the ones that are really implementing and really interested in our content are going to hit on one of those call to actions and come across. So it's definitely not on every video um, because you want to keep people on the platform. YouTube will reward you if you're a session starter. If you bring people onto the platform from anywhere else in their day um, and you keep them on. So whether they watch your video next or someone else's, you're the one that started that session and you haven't distracted them with anything else in their life or another website. So it's really important to keep that in mind too and not just put a call to action at the end of every video. But in order to actually get the benefit through, you need to make sure that your call to action is in line with the content that you're talking about in the video. If you're talking about video editing software and then you're talking about um, how to grow an email list, there's a big disconnect there for most people. So they definitely need to be in line and I would recommend not to put them on every video. Yeah, I think you've touched on something that a lot of people don't really understand about the YouTube algorithm, the importance of that session time yeah. metric. And, um, you know, just to, to clarify and to reemphasize what Justin was saying there, guys, the importance of understanding that YouTube really values very highly in their algorithm, the ability for your videos to bring people to the platform and then to keep them there. So whether they are watching subsequent of your own videos. So using, uh, you know, like end cards and, and links to other of your own content to keep people on that YouTube session or whether they're coming to YouTube because of your video and then staying and watching other content is a, that's a great, a great factor in your videos. So I think that's where that comes into play there is what you said there. And I hadn't really thought of it specifically like this about not ha having a call to action that sends people off YouTube in every yeah. single video. So you recommend about that 30% is, is the well, way that's what's go. working for us. Yeah. I mean, again, if you're the session starter, you're the one that's brought them on or someone, somehow someone has stumbled across your video, even if they were on YouTube before, if you keep them on the platform, then that is held so high for that video. So that video will rank faster because it's helping YouTube keep people on YouTube. Obviously, what do they do then? They run more ads, which is how they make their money. So that is their game. YouTube's game is to get people on and to keep them on. So even if you know at the end of your videos, especially if you're just starting out, like you've talked video editing software, we'll keep coming back to that example, um, and you don't have any more videos of your own to send them to, you don't have your PDF download or your, your offer incentive at the end yet, 
send them to another video that you know is going to help them, whether it's somebody else's, because your video is still, if, if people actually take that step and you've helped them with your video and you know that the next step is something that you can't help them with yet, but right now you know where the best place for them to go is, do that. And that's still going to give you that same result. And obviously you can come back later and change that end card at the end or that call to action at the end and send them to your own stuff if you've got it. But it's all about helping people and creating a good user experience for people on YouTube, bigger than just you and your content. And that's kind of a bit of a, a mindset shift there that a lot of people don't think of. They'll recommend another one of their own videos that could be on a totally different topic. Um, and I guess with that, you actually do get a couple of options. I would recommend that at least one of them, one of those videos that's recommended is that next step for them. Um, you can have two links at the end. So another one, you could try it linked to your own content, but it's all about, think of it as the viewer. You've just watched a video. You loved it. It's exactly what you wanted. What's the next step? If it's not yours, that's fine. Share them onto someone else, share the love, and you will still be rewarded for that. I think the underlying philosophy there is about serving your audience first, isn't it? You know, whatever, whatever it is, the decisions you're making around, you know, calls to action or what you're including in the content of your videos. If you're thinking about the audience that you want to speak to and how you can help them achieve something or, or learn something or live a better life, then uh, at the end of the day, you're going to be, you're going to be winning there. Hey, Ben here. I just want to take a moment to help you out with something. If you, like many of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast listeners, are looking for ways to do video for your business better, then keep listening. I've put together a free foundations video course designed to help you better understand the fundamentals of effective online video strategy for your brand or business. The three-part video series will step you through the roadmap to ensuring you know what videos to make and why, so you can get started the right way with video for your business. To jump in right now for free, head on over to engagevideomarketing.com slash foundations. I can't wait to see you there. We talked uh, before we hit record here around, it was, I think you said February this year when your channel passed 100,000 subscribers. And that's a bit of a milestone in YouTube land. I think, do you get a, you get something from YouTube? Is it a silver? Yeah. Yeah, awesome. so you get a silver plaque. Yeah, you guys can't see the video, but I'm looking at his that's silver, it. silver play button. So I mean, that's that's obviously a cool milestone. But what you were saying now is that your channel is now at 150,000 subscribers, and we're recording this now in July. So, um, or it's over 150,000 subscribers. So that I mean, that to me sounds like disproportion or exponential hockey stick kind of growth curve. What what yeah. do you think leads to? To growth when you get over that or up towards that 100,000 and beyond? So I guess the biggest thing to remember with YouTube is while it's a search engine, it's also a video platform and it's easy for people to find your content years after you create it. And so it's unlike Facebook or Instagram or any of those other platforms because people can easily find your stuff afterwards. We've got videos that are three years old on our channel that are still bringing in a thousand views a day each. Like it's insane. There's nowhere else that can do that. And Facebook, you upload a video, it could be gone with a matter of minutes, you know, or hours. You know, it really comes down to the algorithm and that sort of thing. And, and the fact that it's not searchable on Facebook and Instagram is hard for people to find your content after the time has passed. So with us, we do the research up front for our videos. We know that people are searching for them. And it might be that it could take a couple of months before it actually filters into the algorithm to, to start feature in search and those sorts of things. Um, but over time, 
the views rack up and stack up. And every new video is a whole lot of new links, whether it's to products or whether it's to your, your opt-ins or your, your, um, your, your enticing people over to your email list. It all adds up over time. So every new video is, an, is another new leverageable piece of content that you can get leverage from for years to come. So it is an amazing platform for business, but yes, it's a long game. It's not something you're going to grow overnight. So on that, do you ever recommend going back to your back catalog and either tweaking the calls to action or the opt-ins? Obviously you can't, you can't change the video as such, but you can change links in the descriptions or, or end tags and things like that. Um, you know, do you recommend revisiting your back catalog that's sitting there from three, four years ago and optimizing it further? So with some of the videos that we've done, we have done that um, with ones that we knew were really solid videos, but maybe we didn't hit right on the, the keywords and, and things at that time. So they didn't ever filter properly into the algorithm or they might've, but people weren't clicking on them. Then those we looked at and went, okay, yes, let's, let's reassess this now. And it, like we've got two videos on our channel that stand out videos and they were, fell into that category. We're like, they know the content in here can help people. Why aren't they finding it? And in this case, it wasn't so much that they weren't finding it, they weren't clicking on it. So we just replaced the thumbnail images with new ones. And that was enough to get both of those videos now, like to, I think, number one and two on our channel. So it's, it's insane how you've got to kind of give it, and I would say give each video at least three months. And that might sound like a really long time, but it can take that long for your videos to filter in and sort of find their place on YouTube and, and in search and all those things. If after three months, you're not getting the views on those videos, then that's where you would look, look around. And there's an awesome plugin for Google Chrome called TubeBuddy. And that helps you analyze your stats and look at what other people are doing with their videos and the tags and the keywords that they're using. But it also, like you touched on before, is you can actually go back in bulk and you can find and replace all the text in your descriptions for all the videos. So if it is something like adding a disclaimer later on or updating a link, then you can do this across your whole channel just using this plugin. So that's an amazing tool for anyone that's serious with uh, growing on YouTube. Does it cost or is it free, TubeBuddy? There is a free one and the free plan is pretty solid, but it is a monthly subscription. I think there is a pro plan for $19 a month. Um, and yeah, for, for us, it's an absolute no brainer. Like it, 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 what you can do in there, even scheduling your videos, it's a whole nother level than, uh, of tools and, and things that you can use. But even the keyword research, it actually tells you what people are searching for. Again, you look at Google, look at YouTube and, and get those suggestions first, but then you can see how much traffic those search engines or those search terms are actually getting and it will actually help you and suggest other keywords and key tags to, to use in your videos as well. So it is a pretty awesome tool. There's TubeBuddy and there's also another one called VidIQ. Now both of them are very similar. It's kind of like Holden Ford, but you know, different car manufacturers, yeah. you can end up the same sort of thing at the end of the day, but um, yeah, either one of those two. I was going to mention we use VidIQ, um, which yeah. sounds very similar to TubeBuddy and I haven't really yes. looked into TubeBuddy. So Sounds like they do similar things. Very just similar. wrapping, just wrapping up here. I want to um, explore, and I guess emphasize for our listeners the importance that YouTube is not, as you've said multiple times in this episode, you know, it's not just a broadcast or or a video storage platform. It is, it is that community aspect on YouTube that's so important, and I think it's often overlooked by businesses in particular who are publishing content on YouTube, where they don't even take the time to go back and look at comments and respond and engage. So 
for you, what's the importance of the community side of your channel? Well, I think it's, it's interesting because the community obviously plays into the traffic that you'll see. So a lot of people will want that quick win. When they post a video on Facebook, they might see a heap of shares and likes and things immediately. Whereas on YouTube, you might not see much. So that could be a big deterrent for people like, I can get all this uh, recognition and views and things up front. I think if you want fast traffic or fast results for, on something, then go with Facebook. If you need traffic immediately for a, for a launch or something that's coming up and you don't can't wait for, for YouTube to kick in, Facebook's the answer. Like there's a different strategy. The community and everything on YouTube, a lot of people don't realize, as, as you've said, that there is actually a community on there. And by answering and engaging with people in the comments area is a great way to to obviously build that relationship with your viewers, but also to tell YouTube that, hey, there's people having a discussion here on this video. Let's get more people involved in this discussion. So what it does is gonna feature your video higher. So what I would say is when you release a video, you really wanna drive as much traffic and as much interaction to your video in the first 24 to 48 hours. So that means, yes, sharing it out on Facebook, telling everyone you can. If you're just starting out, get all your friends and family to jump on and watch the video through in its entirety, all the way to the end, and leave a comment or at least give it a thumbs up. Even a thumbs down is still gonna help raise the video up, like negative feedback or whatever, it's not looked at as negative feedback, it's looked at as feedback or interaction. So you wanna encourage as many uh, comments and as much interaction on every new video in that first 24 to 48 hours. And so that's something for every new video, we, we'll, we'll answer, I think, almost every comment wherever possible uh, for every new video. Uh, so it's really, really important that way. Yeah, good advice. So just to wrap up here, I just want to end by finding out what, where, where you see YouTube going for you um, and your brother and Primal Video over the next uh, year or so. Like what's your goal? Is it to hit 200, 500,000, hit a million subscribers? Is that your goal or is there some other underlying goals behind what you're doing on the channel? Yeah, to, to be honest with YouTube, it is really a way for us to connect and engage and build an audience. The numbers don't really matter to, to us. And it may sound silly for some people. Oh, that's, you know, it's easy for you to say you've got 150,000, but honestly, it's, it's what that lets you do. And for us, every new video is more people that we can connect with. Think of it like having a heap of different fishing lines out there, right? You're going to catch different fish. You're going to attract different people to be able to help them with your content. And when I say help people with your content, this applies not just to business. It could be that you're creating a daily vlog. You're still helping people. You're entertaining where you might be doing comedy videos. All of these videos, when I say helping people, there's different levels of help. You might actually be helping someone with something or you might be entertaining them. That's still helping them. So think big with the content that you're creating and think bigger than any given platform. And for us, it's to grow a business, it's to engage with the audience and to, to really you know, drive that next level of communication and help them further with either our products or someone else's products so that they can get the results with video. I mean, that's, that's our game, but it will apply to anyone in any business. Think bigger than just your core market and, and, and look at serving and helping a heap of people. An example, sorry to ramble a little bit here, but an example that we get is a hairdresser. Someone comes through and goes, okay, well, I'm, a, I'm a hairdresser. I've got a local store. How can I use YouTube? And how can I get people in the door? So my answer to that is don't think of it as just getting people in the door. Why don't you start creating videos around um, how to find a good hairdresser or you know, these kind of bigger problems that people have maybe on the other side of the world. How do I find a good hairdresser? What color is going to suit my hair? I mean, I'm not a hairdresser by any means, so I'm, you know, 
whatever. <laughs> the, we, see uh, that we see the gaps in your knowledge here, Justin. Yes, yes. I'm flawed, flawed thinking. But um, think bigger and think how can I serve more people because the ripple effects from that will flow back to people coming in your door. It could be that they're flying out to your country and they're like, wow, this person's helped me so much with something as little as a haircut or whatever it is, some, some piece of information, or they're going to tell someone when they go to that country or whatever to go and just, even if it's just say hello, the, the ripple effects and the flow on are huge. But also if you think about it, YouTube and Google, same company, if you're growing on one and you've got an audience and you've got some authority on YouTube, it's going to help your Google local listing massively because there's credibility and there's traffic there. So even if the people aren't in your area, that's still going to help raise the profile of your local business listings on Google and Google local to, to, to help encourage more people to find it and to rank that up on your local search as well. So for, to answer your question in a long way, our focus isn't on YouTube. It's to grow a business and to help as many people as we can on YouTube, but to, to, to help them further and build those relationships with email list and on other platforms and things as well. I love that. And we're probably never going to wrap up this conversation, but I just want to add, I just want to add to this actually is something that came up with a client of ours just, um, just this week actually, because they've been doing releasing videos in, in their space and their HR recruitment company and they're seeking their client base as local business. And we're looking at their statistics. Some of their videos have got, you know, a large number of views on it and they were like, where are these views coming from? And, understandably many of these were from the United States and so bigger markets than Australia. So obviously not their direct client base, but what you've touched on there is so important for businesses to understand that, 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 um, I guess compounding effect of, of putting out helpful content into a worldwide space that is YouTube can actually help drive things like Google local listings and, and things like that. So drive real results for bricks and mortar or, or a local business as well. So I think that's it awesome. Also um, open up, oh, sorry. It can also open up other revenue opportunities that you might not have even thought of. Like, so example of the hairdresser salon, if they've got an audience on YouTube, they could be promoting hair products or a hairdressing course or whatever it is that they don't necessarily need to have any touch with, or, you know, they can be promoting other people's products and services and generate, you know, or at the lowest level ad revenue on YouTube. There's other revenue streams that you could look at that you may not have ever thought of for us using affiliate revenue and, and YouTube monetization and those sorts of things weren't really part of our strategy at all. But now it's actually a big chunk of our income is from, you know, I mean, we're recommending these products and things to help people create videos. Um, it could be that you're recommending just the camera gear that you're using, whatever it is, uh, any products or services that you like book recommendations, anything that's going to help your audience, you can actually get a commission for those. And yes, it stacks up over time. You might think, why would I do that for a dollar? for a dollar commission, but then a thousand people watch that thousand people click. Oh, wow. I just made a thousand dollars. So it's a different revenue, different, you know, different things that you can look at to scale your business in different ways that you might not have thought of. That's awesome, Justin. And, um, I, I mean, I think we'll just have to get you back on the show again at some point because I think we could have more conversations around this. So um, yeah, I'd love to have you back again in the, in the near future. But for today, thank you so much. I really appreciate your insight into everything that you've been doing on YouTube and, you know, helping others through the content you're creating and through the content you've shared in this podcast. So appreciate your time. Thanks very much, mate. Thank you very much for having me on. How good was that? So many takeaways for me in that conversation. 
I really hope you enjoyed it too. So please do let me know. Shoot me a message on Instagram or Twitter at engage underscore Ben or email podcast at engagevideomarketing.com. It'll come straight to me and I'll reply to every single email I get, I promise you. So please let me know if you've enjoyed this episode. So that's it for episode 59. And of course, the show notes page and links to Primal Video and everything else Justin has to offer is over at engagevideomarketing.com slash episode 59. So make sure you check that out. But before you go, let me share a peek behind the curtain to next week's episode as I've got another great conversation coming your way. In episode 60, I'll be chatting with Hope Horner, founder and CEO of Lemonlight, an LA-based business that produces and distributes branded video content at scale. That's a great chat, which you're not going to want to miss. And here's a taste. You know, five years ago, it was really about, you know, the one or two or three big budget commercials that you're running on broadcast per year. Um, They were hundreds of thousands of dollars. And that's where, you know, there was so much focus put on building out that piece of content. And today, that's not enough. you know, content has almost become disposable. Content has become disposable. And I think you're even starting to see that across, you know, brands as well. So it's about creating more content um, that's valuable for your customers and, you know, creating it often and well. So that's next week on the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. So make sure to hit that subscribe button to get each new episode in your ears as soon as they release. So until then, I'm Ben Amos from Engage Video Marketing, and I'm here to help you engage your ideal audience to action through effective online video strategy. So stay in touch and bye for now. Did you know that your email list can often become the most valuable asset to your business? If you've been building your business for any time at all and haven't yet built an email list, then now's the time to get started. Or maybe you've got an email list but struggle to make the most of it. I want to introduce you to my email list provider and I know you're going to love them too. ConvertKit is the email provider built by creators for creators. The team at ConvertKit have been in our shoes and they know what it takes to grow a successful business. And your email list is the tool that will get you there. The best thing is that ConvertKit is seriously easy to use, powerful, but intuitive. Personally, I've tried a handful of email service providers over the years, Aweber, MailChimp, Infusionsoft, but since switching to ConvertKit over 12 months ago, I seriously have not looked back. And as an engaged video marketing podcast listener, I've arranged for you to get your first 30 days of ConvertKit absolutely free. Normally, you only get 14 days if you sign up direct through their website. So to give it a try for 30 days, head on over to engagevideomarketing.com slash ConvertKit. Now, this is my affiliate link. So if you do become a ConvertKit customer, then you'll be supporting this show and investing in your business through clever email marketing at the same time. So it's a win-win. The link again, engagevideomarketing.com slash convertkit.